I hear from a lot of you that you want to start a garden at home, but you're intimidated to even try. Even if your kids are pretty easy to please and really just want to dig around in the dirt or spend some time outside when the weather cools off, I know that you may be wondering where to have an at-home garden, what cold weather crops maybe to plant or that will grow best in your area, and how much added time and energy you need to actually help an at-home garden properly grow. So this episode is going to outline all the simple steps that I think you need to get started with your own at-home garden this fall. Hey mama, I'm Ashley and welcome to the Veggies and Virtue podcast. In this podcast, you will find simple menu ideas, kitchen organizational systems spelled out for mom life and feeding tips and tricks that are both evidence-based and grace-laced. I believe that you can find flexibility when it comes to feeding your family so that you can feel calm, capable, and connected in the kitchen. As a registered dietitian and Christian mom of three myself, I want you to break free from the mealtime battles and to feel equipped while feeding your kids all day long. Pull up a stool at my kitchen counter and let me pour you a cup of coffee and say a quick prayer for you. It's time to chat about the mealtimes, messes, moments, and ministry of motherhood. Y'all are going to have to bear with me today. I had planned a big recording day for those of you who have kind of been following along on Instagram with our journey for school this year. I have my kids home three days a week to homeschool them, and then two days a week they're on campus doing school. And so I'm trying to kind of rearrange my work schedule on those two days that they're at school and be strategic in planning ahead. However, having something like laryngitis does not help when you need to record podcast episodes. So uh, this might seem a little funnier voice than usual. You're going to have to bear with me. Hopefully I won't have too many voice cracks, but this is the best we're going to get because this is the last chance I have to record this episode before it needs to go live. But hopefully by all the other episodes that I have coming over the next few weeks, my voice will be back to normal. But thanks for your patience and your graciousness in listening to this week because I didn't want to push it off. I didn't want to have just an absent week or do a replay of an old one or play some just old recorded audio because I have a really neat series of episodes coming up over the next six weeks as we run Muffin Club. If you're not familiar, Muffin Clubs that I've done several times now, really since my youngest, Owen, was born five years ago. And that's simply just to provide you with healthy, nourishing muffin recipes. I send one recipe a week and I send any allergen substitutions or modifications that have been maybe tried and true over time. But it's simply just to give you one idea that you can try that you can expose your kids to for some healthy variety that you can pack in lunch boxes or have as a grab and go breakfast or an easy after school snack, or honestly, just something that you can have as some mom fuel with your coffee or your tea when you maybe haven't been fueling yourself properly. They're just so easy. They're that one-handed grab and go type food that we so often need and sometimes don't want to lean on convenience foods for as much but muffins really seem to fit the bill for our busy life as moms. And so Muffin Club is officially kicking off this week. I'm going to be sending out the first recipe on Friday. So make sure that you are signed up if you have not already. All you need to do is go to down in the show notes. You can click the link and it'll directly take you there. Or you can go to veggiesandvirtue.com forward slash Muffin Club 2023. All one word in the URL. 
and you can sign up there. It's free and I'll send you one email a week with that recipe. And specific for this launch of Muffin Club, I'm going to be featuring muffins that are veggie containing. That's one of the things that I hear more often than not from all of you is that we need to find ways to put veggies in our kids' lunch boxes that they'll actually eat and enjoy. And I know firsthand, but I also know professionally with the families that I work with, that can be really challenging. So although I know a lot of us just kind of default into thinking or wishing our kids would learn to like things like carrot sticks and hummus or cucumbers and ranch as kind of a go-to for in a lunchbox, the reality is, is that we as moms need to be more strategic about what vegetables we're offering in lunchboxes and how we can include them in some real kid-friendly ways. So in this week's Muffin Club recipe, I'm featuring a family favorite recipe. It's one that I also did at garden camp this summer when I hosted kids at our home with our home garden. And we baked up these chocolate zucchini muffins and they're a great option. And for those of you who maybe did do a summer garden, you might still have, like we do here, a ton of zucchini left. And so as my family is clearing out our garden from summer, the only plants we have left are a couple herbs and our zucchini plants. They've still been popping out zucchinis every few days. But with that, it also gives me an excess of zucchini that I want to use up. And so that is going to be the featured vegetable in this week's Muffin Club recipe. So make sure you're signed up for Muffin Club. Just scroll down to the bottom, click the link, sign up, and you'll get that email from me on Friday. But otherwise, I just want to start with some encouragement before we really get into the meat and potatoes of this episode being how to start your at-home garden. And that's because I think the idea of a zucchini specifically, yes, it's great. And it's, you know, a very versatile thing that we can include in lots of different things that we feed our families. But I wanted to share zucchini specifically because it has been the hardest thing for me to grow in my garden. I'm going to link several different old posts that I'll share a little bit more about our home garden, but it was something that my husband gifted me for my 30th birthday. He built me these beautiful raised beds and has really just been a gift that's kept on giving. And we've loved to experiment. I really had no former garden experience, and yet it was something that I just really wanted to do. And with having more selective eaters as my kids, it was something that was really important to me to get them hands-on with for just one added layer and level of food exposure away from the table. And so, yes, we've had, you know, a lot of other wins and fun, fun experiences with the garden over the years, but for whatever reason, I had had a disease in our zucchini plant every single year. And if you've ever heard people who've grown zucchini, one, they tend to grow really big and kind of take over the space that they're in. But two, they tend to be really prolific and go and just produce tons of zucchini. And I just had this dream of getting so many vegetables, I didn't know what to do with it, that I could just go spread them around the neighborhood or make zucchini bread for everyone. And my gosh, it just never happened. And so the reason I want to share that story, but also, you know, kind of leverage zucchini in that way is because if you've ever considered starting a home garden, and if you're listening to this episode and you're like, man, I really do want to do that. It just feels like it's going to be a flop or fill in the blank, whatever that is for you. I want to encourage you because had I started with zucchini and never been able to get a fruitful crop from it, I probably would have been discouraged and defeated too. 
But I think because that was, yes, one of the things that I continued to fail with year after year after year. This year, quite honestly, earlier in the summer when I planted the zucchini, it didn't do well. But because I was doing the garden camps, I kind of was tearing the different plants that we were planting in spring and then those that we could plant a little later in summer to make sure that there was as many crops actively growing and producing fruit at a time so that the kids who were here for garden camp had more uh, fruits and vegetables to explore. And so with that, my first go around this year, even year six of gardening with zucchini was a flop. But the second time I did it, it just took. And here we are with tons of giant zucchini. And so I just want to encourage you that if you feel like you you know, have a black thumb instead of a green thumb, or this just is not something you feel like you're going to do. But if it's something that you want to do, if it's something that you think you would enjoy doing with your kids, if it's something that can bring you more joy and purpose than stress and anxiety, then give it a try because really fall is an ideal time to start gardening. Oftentimes we kind of think about spring garden and things like that, which can be lovely. But if you start it right now in fall, you're going to have less weeds to pull. You're often going to have less pests that are going to be threatening the crops that you might be growing. And typically you're going to have more exposure to natural rainwater. So you don't have to worry about watering your plants as often. So some of these little differences between the fall and say a spring garden can make a big difference in kind of helping you and your family cultivate that can-do attitudes towards at-home gardening. Now for me, with any new thing I want to do, I tend to fall into the personality type of analysis paralysis. I feel like I need to master it before I can even start it. And you can probably guess what happens. I then never start it. And that could have definitely been the case with gardening. So I want to encourage you just to think of these three steps to get started. From there, you're going to learn and grow and expand your gardening skills in whatever way fits your family, your personality, your lifestyle, and your desires best. But these three things, when I was thinking through, what are the three things that I would really feel like would just help me go from, I want to do this, but I don't think I can do this, to not getting you know, stuck in the cyberspace of looking up any and everything and going down every rabbit trail with how to start a home garden, but instead to simply get started. And you're going to notice as I talk through this, a little bit of why there's some urgency and this episode is timed as it is, is because I do want to put a little fire under your butt to tell you, take action. Because the first thing that you're going to need to do is to look up for your region when your frost dates are. Now, this sounds a little bit more technical than it really is, but it's as simple as scrolling down to the show notes. This is definitely an episode you're going to want to utilize the show notes for because I include a link that gives you um, access straight to finding the frost dates for your zip code. And from there, you can learn how long you have between now and the estimated first frost in your area. So really what this means is if we look at, I'm in the Houston area. And so for the gardening zone that I'm in, we're predicting that our first frost may be around November 20th. So knowing this, I can work backwards to ensure that I've planted our at-home garden and some of those cold weather crops in time that we can have a harvest before that first fall or winter frost may hit. And for us in Houston, I mean, it's been the 70s at Christmas, so we just never know. And oftentimes our plants are doing really well all the way up to and really through February, 
but it's going to be really region dependent. And so depending where you live, just go to the link below. It's going to let you type in your zip code and it'll give you some guides on your first frost date. And it'll also guide you with different vegetables on when you're going to want to plant them based off that frost date. So for us, we are actively putting in our fall garden. Really this week is kind of the prime time for us. And I was, I was planning out episodes. One, I was doing the three-part series on how to do the back to school reset the last few weeks. And so I wanted to wrap that up, but also I felt like the garden is kind of that fourth zone that outside of the fridge, the freezer and the pantry, the garden is kind of the nice to have. You don't need to have, but it is kind of fun to have if that's something that might be of interest to you. And so I thought that it kind of paralleled well there. And then obviously it got us into the fall season and an opportunity to plant a garden at opportune time. But I'm not giving you several weeks to overthink this. You're not going to likely have that much time to overcomplicate this or to overthink what your plan is going to be. And that's okay. I want to encourage you and gently push you to take immediate action. If this is something you're interested in, this episode is going to give you the three action steps that you need to take action. Like this week, we don't need to have tons of lead in time or tons of advanced effort. Yes, my husband built these beautiful beds for me, but he and I had done tons of container plants before that in old house, at this house, before the beds. And so I want the timing of this episode to help give you that little push that now is the time. Now is when fall crops need to be going in if you haven't done it already. So make sure to check out that link and find your first frost date and then work backwards from there. The second thing that you need to do is assess what space you have to work with. Often I hear people say, oh, I'd love to have a garden. Or when I show you know, a view of our garden beds here, now we have four decently large uh, raised beds. But as I mentioned, that's not where we started. And that's not where a lot of home gardeners start. So start instead with finding what is feasible for your family right now. And some of the things I want you to think about as you look at what space you have to work with is first and foremost, work with what you have. Do you already have a pot or a planter that you could use? Maybe you already have one full of soil that has dead plants from last year and your attempt at gardening last year in it. Dig that up, cultivate the soil and get it ready to use again right now. The other thing I want you to think of is, is what is manageable? Because so often we can go to a nursery or a garden center and pick a bunch of plants with no real plan on what to do. And then we bring them home and we quickly feel really overwhelmed because we haven't really evaluated our space. So I want you to think about, do you want something that's really low effort, low involvement? Thankfully with fall crops, they are just sturdier, hardier crops, which hopefully will encourage you. It's a lot harder to mess them up. But the other thing I want to encourage you to think about is when you're kind of mapping out what area you might have, what containers might work for you to start an at-home garden, is what space could you most effortlessly tend to in the season? And I say that because I know a lot of us have kids or young kids or kids on the way and neighbor kids over. And one of the things that I have found the best and most helpful 
is to have our garden in a space where my kids play and where they can safely play. So if I'm knelt down at the garden and needing to dig up or plant or do something, I don't have to have my eyes on my kids every second because I know they're in a safe area or maybe they're on the playset, or maybe they're in the fenced backyard, whatever it might be. But that's made it really a fun outlet for me because instead of sitting there kind of just watching and supervising them, I can have my hands doing something that's really leisurely, something that's moms we don't really get a lot of, but putting those planters or wherever you're planting these plants, have them in an area where you think you could tend to them in a way that feels easier and more enjoyable. The third and final thing that I'll mention on this topic of where to put them before we move on to the third consideration is simply also have them somewhere where you'll see them and remember them. Because while yes, I think it's good to have them in a place that you know you'll be out and able to tend to them, maybe while your kids play or you, you know the family's doing something else, I have had them on the front porch before in little herb planters and they die because I forget that they're there and I don't go to the front door that often. I've also had them in different sections of the yard where if it's not right where I pull up my car and I see it every time I park, it's just not that same visual cue. So do consider that it's in a space that of course is going to get the sun and the light exposure it needs and exposure to whatever water it's going to need, whether it be uh, you know, linked to a sprinkler system or somewhere where you could easily bring the hose over or a watering can to it, but also make sure it's in a place that's a visually obvious enough location that you're going to remember these plants you painted. The third and final thing I want you to think about is once you've decided on what size garden that you feel like you can do, and then you can begin looking to see which veggies you'd like to try out. First and foremost, pick some that you know your family might be interested in trying. Because I know for my family, Swiss chard grows awesome here in the Houston area. However, I'm the only one that would eat it. And even then, it's not really my favorite. So it's kind of like in the spring, we get okra. And I'm not a huge okra person. And I don't really honestly have a great way of cooking it yet. Swiss chard also is not a great one for me to have in the garden, even though it grows so well. And it's beautiful to watch in the garden and all the different colors and everything. So pick some that you would, yes, enjoy watching grow, but also that you would enjoy eating. So some of my most favorite kind of cheater tips for what to start with is to buy herbs at the store. Instead of buying like the pre-cut basil or dill or parsley or cilantro, oftentimes if you find the ones that still have the roots on the bottom, you can simply put them in a jar of water, kind of get those roots really ready in just your kitchen for a few days and then go and transplant them, plant them into whatever that designated space or area is that you've decided for your at-home garden. Another option you can do, which is great for a fall garden, is something like bib lettuce. That's often kind of in one of those plastic clamshells. It looks like a big head of lettuce, but again, it's going to have that root system on the bottom and you can tear off the lettuce leaves, eat and enjoy from them straight from the store. But instead of discarding that root, go ahead and transplant it into your garden. Again, continuing to water it, keep an eye on it. And you'll see that with really little to no effort on your end, it'll start to produce new leaves and give you that same delicious bib lettuce 
week after week, month after month, until something like your first frost. If you're not looking for something that you get at the store, but rather you do want to go to a garden center or your local nursery, I tend to be someone who does use starter plants. Specifically with the timing of this episode, you likely won't have time to start a lot from seed and get it to a mature enough state before these plants need to be planted in the ground. So I would encourage you to pick a local nursery that's familiar with your region. I personally prefer local nurseries, one to support small businesses, but also because I feel like the crop types that they have are more specific to our area than maybe those that I would find at the big box garden centers. And then just go pick a few. For us, some of the ones that are most fun are things like a broccoli or a cauliflower head. Super low effort on your end. You literally set it and forget it. But over time, you'll start to see it grow. And it's so cool for kids to get to watch that process. The other one is something like a kale starter. Kale is so versatile. You can put it in breakfast, lunch, dinner, tons of different recipes, but also it produces a lot. So unlike the broccoli or cauliflower that does take more time to be able to harvest each floret, instead, something like kale, there's so many leaves that if your kid, you know, is one who's kind of pick happy and is going to want to pick everything they see, something like kale produces so many leaves that it's going to be really resilient to kind of those curious kids who might want to have their hands in and on the garden a lot, which is really the point, but that's a really great option for that too. So with this, you now know that first you need to get plants planted for your fall garden ASAP by scrolling down and finding what that first frost date is. The second thing you're going to need to do to take action here is to decide where you're going to put a pot or a planter box that you can tend to as a family. And the third and final thing that you're going to do is decide on what cold weather crops you want to begin with. After this, you'll continue to learn a lot of new things that'll improve the crops that you grow and will give you new ideas of things like companion planting and composting and crop rotation and all of these things that are wonderful, fun things to learn if gardening does become something of greater interest to you. But to start, you can really be successful in growing fresh food at home to include in any meal and to expose your kids to by doing these three things. So that's all for today's episode, but I hope that it encouraged you to take action. Go and plan for your fall garden this week. Find a place to put that pot or planter box and then pick some crops that would be fun for your family. If nothing else, make sure that you're getting zucchini while you're at the store this weekend so that you can join in this week's recipe for the veggie-based muffin club. I'm going to give you healthy muffin recipes that each feature a different vegetable so that you have easy, effortless ideas on hand for breakfast, lunch, snack, and you could even offer them at dinner. So be sure that you're signed up for Muffin Club. Just scroll down to the show notes or go to veggiesandvirtue.com forward slash Muffin Club 2023.